know, we talked in the, in the first two weeks ago, we talked about his life in us and the importance, not just the importance of speaking to the dry bones in this earth, but speaking to the dry bones in our own life. That don't forget that you have to go in the direction that God has for you to go, and there are things in your life that you need to speak to. That Jesus came into this earth, and he came to give us life. It says in Ephesians that even though we were dead in sin, we are alive unto Christ. That even when we were dead to the trespasses in our lives, Christ came and he died on the cross for us so that we might be able to live. And that life that he's put in us, it's his desire, it's his will that that life doesn't just stay on the inside of us, but that it flows out of us. He tells us in John that there's a river of life that's flowing through you, that flows from the throne room of God to your life and then through you. That's this message today. Awake his life through you. That river brings life, not just life to you and your household, but life to the people who were all around you. What Pastor Pam shared in between that time when we greeted and at the end of worship as she ministered there, I'm telling you that open our eyes, not just the ones that we physically have, but open that spiritual part of us that sees what God sees. That thing that says, I, I am, as I walk through my day, I see life like God sees it. I see people like he sees them. And we, that will change the way you approach your day. That'll change the way you approach what you say. That'll change the way that you'll approach what you do in your life. If your eyes are open, not just to what you see in the natural, because we all see people all day, but what we see by the Spirit of God as He leads us and as He guides us. There is something about turning yourself over and saying, God, I want to be your hands and feet. Open up my eyes, and I want to be your mouthplace in this earth. Let me see what you see, and let me speak what you speak. Jesus said very plainly, I do what the Father does. I say what the Father says, and I follow Him. We have to be the same way. We have to do what the Father does. We have to say what the Father says, and we can't hold ourselves back. That he has sent his son into this earth to give us life. It says in John also that he says that if we abide in him, that we'll bear much fruit. What's that fruit for? That fruit isn't for us to eat off of our, our tree for ourselves. That fruit's for other people. You know, when we were over at Buck and Chris's at, at 4th of July, uh, Whitney was there, uh, my, and Rodney's daughter, Whitney, and, and uh, his grandson, uh, Nathan, or not, not Zach, his grandson, Zachary, was, uh, was, was just picking, picking apples off the tree and eating them. Now, it kind of freaked everybody out because who knows what, what that apple would be like or taste like or, or anything else. But he was just picking them off of that tree and eating them. The fruit that's coming and abounding in your life is for other folks to eat, that it's not just for you and your household. You can only store up so much. The word actually calls, calls the king a lazy servant because he saved up and built bigger silos for all that he had. Give it away. Plant the seed. Let it go. That fruit is for somebody else. That river of life is for somebody else. Last week, we talked about the price of freedom and the fact that in our life, not only do we speak to our future, speak to what God has for us in our lives for his plan and his purpose to be fulfilled, but that there's a price to pay for the freedom that we have. In this country, that price was paid by the blood and, and the lives of men and women. Spiritually in our life, that price was paid by Jesus Christ. And that we are at war. 2 Corinthians 10 
says that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. That are we rising up as the body of Christ and going to war? This is the crew that knows the word, speaks the word, been around a long time, and, and does many times and most of the time the work of the ministry. And I just encourage you to keep swinging the sword. Keep your shield up and keep swinging. We said Ephesians 6 says that we are able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. That, that having done all we know to do, continue to stand, don't give up. And I know we've heard words about revival and we've heard words about people coming in by the thousands and thousands to the kingdom of God and falling on their knees. But I'm telling you, there are things that are stirring, not just in this earth, but I believe in this community, that there are things that are stirring and the body of Christ has to awaken to her part that she plays. Not just in that day-to-day sharing your faith, not just in that day-to-day allowing the fruit off your tree to feed somebody else. Not just the day-to-day stuff of allowing his river to flow through you, but that powerful part of who you are as a believer that can speak his word by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit into this earth and to see those things happen and come about. And in Ezekiel, we've been there and we talked about it last week, but I wanted to go back and just, just share just a little bit more about this as it pertains not to our lives and maybe even not to our house, but to the people who you see, the ones in this community who are lost, the ones around this country and world that need Jesus. As Ezekiel comes into this land, I think it's important. God tells him to go. It says in verse 1, we talked about this last week, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. And in verse 2 it says, he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, No. Or I said, Lord, I don't know, only you know. And verse 4 said again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O bones, hear the word of the Lord. And then in verse 9, he says to him, Also say to those, bur- those bones, Prophesy the breath, son of man, prophesy the breath, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord of God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slains that they might live. Verse 10 says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. And when you close your eyes spiritually, you don't see that army. But when you open up your eyes spiritually, you see it. I think many times we see people through the lens of our natural eye. And in verse 2, it says, Ezekiel said, and I believe this is, uh, this is us. This is like, like our lives and like where we are. If we'll keep our eyes spiritually open to what God has to show us and for us to see. It says, then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. He caused me to pass by them. He brought them into this field, and he was surrounded by all of these dry and dead bones. How many of you live your life right now, and all you see and all you deal with and everywhere that you go, you're only having communication with people who are born again? Probably none of us. Everywhere that you go, highways, byways of life, as you walk in in your neighborhood, as you go to the mall and walk through the stores, as you walk around on campus at Purdue, as you go for a bike ride, as you drive around this city and around this state, you are surrounded by dry bones. Now, 
Ezekiel was put in that position and he saw the fact that these bones, it says, were very dry, that there was no chance, there was no hope that these things in the natural could come together. You know, I think it's a little bit like uh, the story of Esther, that when Esther was, was a young lady, she was put in a position and she was, she was taken care of and she was, she was perfumed and, and she was taught how to be the queen and how to act and, and, and she was prepared for something that, that may or may not ever come, she didn't know, but there was a plot that was against the people. There was a plot that Haman was putting in practice to kill all of the Jews. But somebody had to stand up. Somebody had to speak. Somebody not just see the, see the plot, but go to the king and share what was in her heart to share. What Mordecai had told her, listen, these, the Jews are going to be eradicated. You must go. I believe in this world and in this earth, in this community where we live, we're in a time, we're in a season where the enemy is, is not just the, the Lord rising up, but the enemy is rising up. Why? To steal, kill, and to destroy his people. To steal, kill, and to destroy God's people in this earth. Not just those in Israel, not just those in the church, but those who aren't in the church. To keep them bound, to keep them held captive, to keep them blind, to keep them deaf to the word, that the enemy is, and now who is going to fight the enemy in this warfare? We are. And I think for such a time as this, Esther was put into the world, and for such a time as this, she was positioned, she had a place where she could come to the king, and although in that moment she was putting her life at risk, just like we talked about last week, price and sacrifice, just as she was coming into that corridor where the king was and she threw the doors open, she came to the king and she spoke her word and the king heard the truth and the king performed and it took care of what she wanted to be taken care of. I'm telling you, as we fall on our knees before the Lord, as we bust open those, those doors to the throne room in praise and in worship and we begin to call out to him, as we begin to speak to the four winds, as we begin to speak to the dry bones in this community, in your neighborhood, in your school, in, in, in the state, you begin to speak to those things to rise up and to live. I'm telling you, there's power in your words. There's power. It'll cause you to maybe shake a little bit at the knees. You may not know what to say. But the, the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us and guides us. And you have a responsibility just as I do. Philippians 2.4 says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Not just for your own, but also the interest of others. Not just the interest of those in your home, but the interest of those in your neighborhood. That you're, as you walk down your streets, are you speaking to the bones that lie in the graveyard of your neighborhood? Well, my neighborhood's thriving. There are kids everywhere. Yes, but spiritually, eyes open, are we speaking to those things? As you go to the mall and you begin to shop, you're surrounded. If you've seen some of those stores, you know you're surrounded by some really strange stuff that's going on in the world today. Speak to it. It says in Matthew that we as the believers, we as his children in this earth, have the ability with our mouth, with our words, by the power of his Holy Spirit, to bind and to loose. Now it may seem silly to you to walk by some of those stores and bind those things, that they'll, they'll dry up at the roots, that those, those, they, they do not belong in this city of righteousness, but it can happen. As you begin to speak those things 
into existence. You begin to speak as the people cross your paths. You know they're lost. You know they're hurting. You know they're dying. And and spiritually, they, they have no life on the inside of them. Speak to those bones. If you drive around campus, Carl, you're over there all the time, speak to those buildings and speak to those students and speak to that campus that it rises up and and the people in that place become who God created them to be. Oh, God, send revival in this place. We all want revival. That's, That's what that's, we're all looking for that. We're actually, I think in many instances, we're all just waiting. Don't be a waiter. There's an old saying, old preacher somewhere along the way says, do you want revival? You know, how to, you know how to have revival or how to start revival? Draw a circle, stand inside that circle, and then say, Lord, send revival inside this circle. It starts with you. It starts with me. Will we be the ones who bring that power of God in this earth to make a difference? I'm not just talking about that thing where we go out and share our faith. I'm talking about that thing where it says, you know what? I am going to stand and my words are powerful and I'm going to intercede on behalf of those who are lost in this community, that their lives will change, that someone will come across their path, begin to shake the foundation of this community spiritually. That's the church. Revival has to start in you and revival has to start in the church. We got to rise up as a church because who else is going to do it? There's not anybody else out there that I've seen that's waving the flag that says, listen, Jesus Christ is the way. That's the church's job. And I know we get maybe disappointed and maybe we get upset with the government and the things that are going on. But listen, you can speak things into existence that don't exist today as they line up with his word and with God's will. And will you outside of your home do that? Will the church begin to speak as you go out and drive by some of the apartment complexes in this community where, where many of the poor live, many of the people who don't have anything, they're there and they live there. Will you, or will you speak that God's goodness and God's mercy and God's grace falls on that place? That the lives of the people who were in those apartment complexes or communities, that they will come alive unto Christ. I'm telling you, there's something about speaking that if you speak, listen to what it says to Ezekiel. It says that God said to him, that he will cause the breath to come into these bones. And, and indeed, it says, as he began to speak, I prophesied, verse 7, and as I did, there was a noise. There was a noise, and suddenly there was a rattling. And the bones began to rattle and shake, and the bones began to come together. When you begin to speak, when you, there's power. You may not see things happen with your natural eyes today, but you're putting something in motion spiritually in this earth. You're causing a spiritual earthquake. You're causing, you know, earthquakes happen as things shift and as things move underneath the earth. You're shifting and moving things spiritually with your words. Now, it's not you. The sufficiency isn't in you. You're not qualified to do this because of you. It's all sufficiency and all qualifications come through Jesus Christ and his blood. You're speaking these things into existence according to his will, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that these things begin to happen that there's a rumbling in the earth there's a rumbling in the heavenlies as things begin to change that you're calling people into the kingdom you're calling people to become sons and daughters of god that you're calling people to repentance that you're calling your community to righteousness 
that you're calling your school to righteousness, that you're calling your place of employment to a place of blessing and a place of prosperity under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, that the people in this place will rise up and begin to see the truth that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that there is a different way than the way that they've been going and that as they come to Christ, they begin to pour themselves out. And Father, I thank you that revival doesn't just start in me and my church. I thank you, Father, that revival explodes in my job, in my place of employment, that revival explodes in my school, that kids are falling on their knees in the hallways to get saved, that people are clamoring in the streets, just like they did in the book of Acts when they poured out onto that street and said, oh, men of God, what must we do to be saved? That followed an influx, and that followed the Holy Spirit coming into that place, and then it was poured out into that land. And Peter stood up and he did what? He spoke what Joel had prophesied and what Joel had said. And as he spoke, it began to rattle the bones of the people who were there, rattled them to a point where they said, what must I do to be saved? Not, will you come to church for me or with me? Not like, hey, what's going on? What's different about you? Like, oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit just knocks them to their knees and says, what do I need to do to be saved? I'm telling you, there's a book of Acts kind of revival in this earth stirring. It's stirring. And, and, and as the church, don't miss it. Don't, oh, Lord, send it, send it, send it. Not just in Lafayette. Send it in my circle. Change me. Change me. Then help me. That's why we said the first day, the first time we talked about this, it was awake those dead bones on the inside of you. Why? Because you got to be the one who speaks it and you have to believe it. You have to hear his word and you have to speak according to his will. And as you do that, the power of the Holy Spirit, that creative power, that force goes into operation. That your place of employment, literally when you walk in, it changes. That where you walk, you carry the life of God. That as you drive your squad car around the city and you do this, you pray for those who are breaking the law and speeding. And you allow Pastor Bill to speed right by you and not give him a ticket or me or anything. But you, you speak into those situations. You speak into those lives. See, this is, this is Ezekiel rising up and God saying, listen, speak to the tribe. Well, that sounds so foolish. These bones are so dead, there's no chance. You've probably said that about people in your place of employment. There is absolutely, go, oh, God, send me to another place because there's no hope for these people. Right here in this church as we work here. No. All over this community, you have people in your neighborhood and they've been driving you nuts. And they do nothing but party and have all kinds of things going on. And they are going so far, so far in that other direction. You've tried to share with them and they've shut you down. They've egged your house. They've spray painted everything all over. They don't like you for who you are. Keep speaking the word. Keep praying over them. Keep pouring it in. They're a child of God and they just haven't awakened yet. Call them. Call them. Arise. Awake. As you go through your neighborhood, that makes a difference. It will make a difference where you live. It'll make a difference in the lives of the people who are around you. That river that flows through you has the power to regenerate life. Jesus was in this earth and he spoke life. He spoke to hands, to arms, withered, unwithered. He spoke to sight, to the eyes, to come back, they came back. 
Deaf people heard, demons, people who were demon-possessed, and nobody could help them, and nobody could change them. He spoke to those things, those demons, and now these people were in their right mind. There's power in your words, not just for this situation that you face at the moment. I'm speaking a little bit more probably today into that situation that's coming down the road, calling those people into the kingdom of God calling the people who are dead and asleep spiritually to rise up, to awaken, to see those, those bones begin to fly together. Can you imagine? On Wednesday this last week, as we came together, I, I felt like I talked to share about, about this, this, this idea that there's greatness in America, but that greatness is his flowing through you. And the fact that we are, you have absolute authority in this earth as a child of God to speak this to call it to pass. And as, as, we have, as we have gone through this process and seen this process over the last seven or so years in the South Sudan and the things that have happened, I, I've, I've been amazed at what has happened, what God has done. But I'm telling you, there, Pastor Bill has been in, that, in that, that place out there by Walmart speaking things that are not as if they were, calling things to pass that probably many of us would have said, you're crazy, where did that come from? From the Spirit of God planted on the inside of him. And somebody someone, more than one, Stanley's speaking it too, but he puts this dream and this vision and he puts this thing on the inside of you and somebody has to begin to speak it into existence, not just think about it, not just say, okay, God, your will be done, but begin to speak those dorms to rise up out of the ground, begin to speak those people in that, in that community to come to Christ, begin to speak to the lives of the children in that community, begin to speak to the money in this earth that it begins to flow from the left and the right and the east and the west and that it comes in to the kingdom of God so that God can fulfill the thing that he wants to do there. There has to be tenacity in what you believe. There has to be this, this on the inside of you that says, I'm not going to let go. If I never see it, I'm not going to stop. You could be the one who's going to speak revival into this city, but it might come after you pass. I don't believe that. I'm not, I'm not believing for that. But will you speak that even if that were the case? There was somebody, that were, there were people on their knees calling in revival as each of the revivals have happened throughout this, these last centuries. People like you and me who just have a heart to see God move to have a, have a heart to see things change. When God says, and you look around and you see all these people, and he says, speak to those bones, and you say, really, God? Can, 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 can this really happen? Can these, can these people really live? I mean, you know my brother-in-law. I mean, this guy is as bad as it gets. Dan spoke and prayed over his brother-in-law, right? Or is it your brother? His brother, he spoke and prayed over his brother for years and years and years that he would come into the kingdom, shared the gospel with him, talked about him when the opportunity came, but began to speak it, began to pray it. He had written down, and that was somebody that he interceded for and somebody that he called out for. Am I, I'm saying the right stuff, right? Yes. And so he began, I don't want to put, and if not, just do that again next time when I ask. But, and, and he didn't see it, didn't see it, didn't see it, never looked like it was going to happen. And just about the time when you're giving up, God's saying, keep going, keep going, keep going. 
Don't stop now. Don't quit now. I've been doing this for 20 years in this city and I haven't seen anything. Yeah, but the 21st year may be the one. Keep going, keep speaking, keep saying. And he got a call one day. He said, I, I, I need, I, you got to come. You got to, I need you. I don't know what to do. And God began to make a, Dan had an opportunity. The door, the dead bones began to rattle. See, people hear the rattling of the bones and people begin to see things start to come together and then people stop. That's not a time to stop. That's a time to accelerate. Because as those bones came together and as the sinews came on those bones and as the muscles came on those bones and the skin began to cover those bodies, they were formed and they began to see it. Not just, he saw it like right there happening before his eyes, but it wasn't finished yet. There was still more to say. Then God said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath that from the four winds of this earth, life would come into them. Like we said two weeks ago, God formed Adam and then he did what? He breathed life into it. Then in this community, as you begin to call those dead bones to rise, as you begin to call those things as not as if they were, you begin to prophesy to the breath, not your breath, his breath. Not just the wind, but his wind. Let it come from the four corners of the earth. There is authority in this earth for you to do this. Jesus Christ died on the cross so you could. That you call on the breath. That as you walk through your school, breathe the breath of God in each one of those classrooms. That the teachers and that the kids and that the families that are... Think of all the families that are connected in that building. And you're not just a teacher. You're a figure of authority in the natural, but much more authority in the spirit realm. And that you speak to the kids who aren't here yet. You speak to the parents of those children. You speak to the teachers in those rooms. You speak that the righteousness of God will fill that place. That the light of God and the love of God will consume the people who come in that place. Call those people who are dead to rise up in Christ. God, send revival not to me in my office, but send revival to Dayton Elementary School. Well, you can't say that. Yes, you can. Don't tell me. You, you can say what God tells you to say. You begin to speak it. Walk in and out of those rooms. Walk in and out of those those seats begin to touch the teacher's desk begin to touch the children's seats begin to put your hands on those walls and you make a difference you make a difference in the place of your employment you make a difference in your neighborhood i'm talking about walking along with your lamp says the spirit of the lord is the lamp that we walk by your spirit man comes alive and lightens up and you follow that light. Are you carrying the torch for your community? Are you carrying the torch for your neighborhood? We'll take walks. We'll walk the dog. We'll put our iPod in and we'll listen to whatever we're listening to. Hey, I'm maybe, maybe not put the iPod in. Maybe just speak. I'm not telling you what God's saying or not saying. But no different than Courtney has in her school, I'm telling you it's the same thing for you in your neighborhood. As you walk by, you can put your hands on those mailboxes. You can, your feet are going through that place. There are dead bones all around you, and you're calling them to life. 
that from the north and the south and the east and the west, things are stirring and bones are coming together. And then, oh, Lord God, breathe your breath into them. Your breath. That's what we're here for. We talked about it last. Sometimes we get complacent. We get a bit, we're comfortable. Thanks. Listen, God's mandate is for us to do this. There's power in who you are. There's, you, you, are, you are in this earth, walking in his authority and his power. You are, you are, Jesus Christ is alive on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, he wasn't lily-livered, and everywhere that he went, he spoke things, and they happened. And he says, you will do these things, and greater than this you will do. Speak to the north and the south and the east and the west. Call in the very breath of God. Oh, Lord, in our house, yes. But, oh, Lord, in my neighborhood. Oh, Lord, let revival catch in this country. Let revival catch in this community. Let those dead souls, Father, be washed over, not just by the river of the living water, but then your breath will blow into them and we'll see lives change. People coming into the kingdom. The, they can come into this church, great, but they need to come into the kingdom. They can go to whatever church God leads them to go to. This is a good one. But they, you know, they, they, can, they come into the kingdom, oh God. To the kingdom. And we stand and we fight. We stand and we speak. And as Ezekiel said, bones live. Breath of God blow into them. And they rose up, and their breath filled them, and they lived. That's what we're about. I'm telling you, there's something stirring. Let's stand up. I want to pray. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.